this is the candidate forum for the State Senate District 45 and State House District 89. All candidates have been invited to participate in this forum. I am Jean Bancroft, member of the League of Women Voters of Johnson County, and I will be the moderator for this evening's forum. The forum is being live streamed on the League's Facebook page and also being filmed for rebroadcast on the three public education and government channels in Iowa City, Coralville, and North Liberty. Please check their websites for scheduling. Additional information about the candidates can be found on the League's vote411.org website. The League of Women Voters is a volunteer, nonpartisan organization that neither supports nor opposes any party or candidate, which is why we have the policy that campaign literature is welcome outside of this room following the forum, and no button signs or literature can be worn or distributed inside this room. The League does take positions after considerable study of, of issues and acts to influence decision makers on those issues. We work to not only register voters, but also to provide them with information on issues to assist their participation in our government. Membership is open to anyone 16 years of age and older. Please join us. We can use your time, your talent, and your financial resources. League members advocate and inform voters. Democracy works best when more people are involved. Find us at www.lwvjc.org. The views expressed in this forum are those of the candidates. All viable candidates have been invited to participate. After candidates have been introduced, they will each have two minutes for opening remarks. We will then present questions to them, starting with one from the League, followed by one submitted on cards by you in the audience. League members are distributing cards and pencils for you to write questions on. You may submit as many written questions for the candidates as you wish. Hold up the cards and a League member will collect them throughout the forum and then bring them to me to read. Questions that fall in the same general category may be consolidated if time does not allow for every question to be addressed. <clears throat> if that happens, you may contact the candidates directly after the forum or at another time. Each candidate will then have one minute to respond to that question. Due to the time frame, there will, no, will not be time for rebuttals. Near the end of scheduled time for this event, each candidate will have two minutes for closing remarks. The speaking order will be rotated throughout the evening. Susie Corbin Muir will serve as our timekeeper and she will alert candidates when time is about up and when it is up. <laughs> yes. Candidates for Senate District 45 are Harold Wildbrenner, Republican candidate. I uh, was informed just before the forum that he will un be unable to attend tonight. Uh, Janice Weiner, Democratic candidate. Candidates for House District 92 are Jacob Onken, Republican. 89. Oh, he's. Wow. <laughs> yes, thank you. For eight, House District 89 are Jacob Onken, Republican candidate, and Eleanor Levin, Democrat, Democratic candidate. 
Audience members, please write your questions on the cards provided and pass them to league members who will advance them to the moderator. Let's get started with opening statements. Please speak directly into the microphone so you can be heard here and over the television broadcast. So candidates, you we will start with your two-minute opening statements, starting with Janice Weiner. Good evening. I'm Janice Weiner, the Democratic candidate for State Senate District 45. That's most of Iowa City and University Heights. I'm fortunate to have benefited from a world-class public school education right here in Iowa City. That, plus my 26-year career serving my country as a U.S. diplomat, inform who I am. I've worn many hats in my life. I'm a law school graduate, raised two adopted girls on my own, a city councilor, president of the board of my synagogue, and I'm raising my almost five-year-old granddaughter. And I'm running for the same reason that so many other career public servants are. Those who have served in the military, the foreign service, the intelligence services. We've represented our country at home and abroad. We've done the work of democracy, and we're not about to see it torn down here at home. I was in East Berlin when the Berlin Wall fell, and I witnessed firsthand the incredible courage of East Germans determined to obtain the freedoms that we take for granted. And this election is about our freedoms and our rights. Democracy and voting rights, abortion and reproductive rights, and all the other rights that flow from the right to privacy. The right to a world-class public education. Public dollars are for public schools, period. My parents came here for a job and stayed because of the world-class education system. So much is on the ballot in just four weeks. National races matter, but post-Dobbs, the state, legislative, and gubernatorial races are key. Give Democrats one lever of power, and we can start to work to move this state forward again. I'm Janice Weiner. I'm running for the state Senate, and I ask for your vote. Thank you, Janice. Jacob Onken, would you go next, please? Thank you. My name is Jacob Onken. I'm running for Iowa House District 89. And to clarify, that's most, most of South Iowa City, uh, just south of Melrose Avenue, and also south of Muscatine Avenue, and down to the bottom of the city. Um, it's almost, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to imagine who, who made the boundaries, but if, if you want to look and you want to be more clear on it, you can, uh, you can check out on my website. There's a link to it. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, I, I ran for office because of multiple different issues that are concerning to me. Uh, the first and foremost is our stance as Iowans on life, and I'm a pro-life advocate. I believe that um, we should take care of and raise up these beautiful babies uh, even before they're born, and it's important to me, and I want to be a part of the solution here in Iowa, uh, crafting a law that will work for Iowans. and. Um, it's been a really long time since uh, a conservative has run for this seat. It's been about 50 years since Johnson County has sent a House rep that is a Republican to Des Moines. And um, I would say it's been, it's been a long time uh, since uh, anybody's even attempted in this specific seat. Um, I know the, the, the person who's retiring, the incompetent, Mary, Matt, Mary uh, she, she ran up unopposed for the most part. And so I believe that um, democracy, uh, we live in a republic, and 
we should uh, utilize our democratic abilities. And uh, one of those things is we need to have options. And so uh, in my eyes, it's unacceptable for there not to be more options for people to vote um, and express their opinions. And here in Iowa City, uh, it's no different. So I'm running uh, to give people the option. And uh, I'm here because I believe that um, with conservative principles, we can uh, maintain traditional family values, and that was the best thing for Iowa right now. Thank you very much. Eleanor Levin. Good evening. Thank you to the League for putting this on. I personally know the work that goes into staging a forum like this, and that is not to be overlooked. I am Eleanor Levin. I have lived in Iowa City on and off since 2009, and I am an Iowan by choice twice over. I love this place. When I first moved to Iowa to attend Cornell College, I was honestly embarrassed to tell people I was moving here because I didn't know anything about Iowa except cornfields. Uh, then I got here, and I found a community that embraced me, people who I fell in love with, opportunities to get outdoors and to participate in art and to enjoy all kinds of recreation and service opportunities that make this place where I wanted to call my home long term. But what concerns me is how many people in my own generation and those coming up behind us are not making that same choice. So that's why I'm here today. I'm seeking to make sure that Iowa moving forward is a place where people feel as welcome as I did, where people see a future for themselves, whether it's an economic and work future, whether it's a future for their family, whether it's a future for their pursuits and hobbies and recreation. We need to ensure that this place is safe, future forward thinking, and the best that we can have for our future generations and those of us who are here now. I thank you all for your attention, for wanting to be educated voters, and I look forward to seeing posts as people start submitting their early ballots and voting early on October 19th. Thank you, Eleanor, and thank you to all the candidates for your opening statements. This first question is from the League. It is, what is your position on the proposed amendment to the Constitution related to, the gun, related to gun control? And we're gonna start with Ms. Weiner. Public measure number one would amend the Iowa Constitution um, in, such, in a way that does not reflect the Second Amendment. Iowa already has the Second Amendment. It's called the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. When the legislature decide to put forward a Second Amendment or a Second Amendment stand-in for the Iowa Constitution, it would have been wonderful if they had kept the wording of the U.S. Constitution. But what they've done um, is by inserting the term strict scrutiny, uh, they have they have created an amendment that would make it extremely difficult for us ever to pass reasonable, common sense um, gun legislation going forward. Red flag laws in case people prove to be a danger, closing the boyfriend loophole. 
Thank you. And the next um, speaker would be <clears throat> Ms. Levin. Thank you. I firmly believe that all Iowans who actually understand this amendment are going to vote no on it. Um, the amendment is, as Janice clarified, not how it's being billed. It's not the Second Amendment. It is a dangerous precedent that when you look at other states that have passed similar wording, they end up in the top five highest gun violence cases in the country. Gun violence doesn't just mean homicide. It also means self-inflicted harm. And I'm particularly concerned about a couple of laws that we've only recently passed that may be thrown out, may be removed if this legislation passed, including, I'll give one example, we only recently uh, enshrined a law that requires safe storage, secure storage in homes with children. To me, that's, that's something that's we need to know that guns and, and ammunition are gonna be stored securely in homes with children. Thank you, Mr. Onken. It seems to me that our fundamental rights are under attack uh, all across the country. Here in Iowa, it's not an exception. Um, we have our right to free speech, which is constantly under attack. We have our religious rights, which are frequently under attack. We have our right to bear arms, which is a fundamental right of the United States Constitution. It is specifically enshrined by our Constitution. Um, and that is supposed to balance the power so that the government cannot do whatever they want to us. And I believe that Iowa, this Constitution, makes it more clear and I believe that the strict scrutiny standard is sufficient because the Second Amendment is not something that should be taken away or taken for granted willy-nilly uh, by the government. So it is the highest amount of scrutiny the court needs to use to look at um, this amendment. And so I, I disagree with Eleanor that Iowans are going to vote against this. I think that they will vote for it because I think that Iowans recognize the importance of the Second Amendment. And I'll just add to that. Um, when this occurs, we're going to have uh, the op option to vote for it on the actual ballot in 2024. Thank you. Our next question has, <clears throat> has to do with child care. And I am combining, just so the audience knows, these two questions kind of are <clears throat> very closely related. What will you do to support Iowa work Iowa's working families and employees through accessible and affordable child care, how will you address the child care shortage in Iowa? And Ms. Levin is first. Um, child care shortage needs to be addressed from two different ends. Um, it needs to be addressed in terms of child care workers being paid adequately and, and having benefits that make them want to and be incentivized to remain in or embark upon that career. But it also needs to be addressed in terms of access, in terms of do we have childcare facilities, but also in-home opportunities that are distributed throughout our communities equitably. It, does everyone have the ability to have their children looked after in a place that is safe, in a place that is well-resourced, and in a place that is close enough to their home or their work that in the event of some sort of emergency or some sort of need, we all know how often kids get sick, they're able to be there for their kids, get back to them. I know when I was a child, my mom 
worked an hour over an hour away from where my childcare was, and that was a problem. It was tough for her. Thank you, Mr. Onken. I don't. I don't believe that. I believe the childcare is a privilege and it is not a right. That said, I understand that there's needs. Uh, some people cannot afford childcare. I think that we should take measures to prevent uh, or have options for people who cannot afford it. Uh, if they're working jobs and they still can't afford it, and they obviously need to put food on the table for their family. Uh, we have to balance that though with the other uh, benefits that they're getting from the government. And um, if they are working, that, that, that is one situation where childcare I think would be necessary. If they're not working, uh, I don't think that that's something that the government should be paying for with our tax dollars. Um, I agree we need to pay the, the workers sufficiently. With that said, I typically don't agree with government mandates on prices and that kind of thing. Unless it's a government-run institution, then the government would have the ability uh, to set the wage. If it's not a government-run institution, I don't think that the government should have a hand in setting the wage um, as it would be a private enterprise. Thank you. Ms. Weiner. Thank you. So I see childcare as fundamental to our economy. We need to solve the childcare crisis to be able to have more people in the workforce. Um, wages are key. There have been a lot of efforts to increase the number of childcare buildings, the um, opportunities to, to expand facilities, but those aren't worth anything if we can't get the workers. And childcare centers continue to close because of a lack of workers, because people can get paid more working for fast food. Childcare, in my view, is part of the education continuum. It needs to feed into it needs to feed into pre-K and with universal wraparound care, which will allow all kids to start K through 12 on an equal footing. We need to allow parents who are on childcare assistance to give them a little bit more so that they can get their kids into the childcare, as opposed to expecting them somehow to ante up the extra money. Often, those are the kids who may need it the most. Childcare is fundamental to our workforce and to virtually everything else in our society. Thank you. Next question, we'll start with Mr. Anken. Um, this one is, what is your position on school vouchers and public school funding? Um, I do think we have a huge issues in our state and in our country with our public schools. I think that private schools are um, very expensive, obviously, if you look at the numbers. Um, I think charter schools are great. I hope to see more charter schools in Iowa's future. Um, but I fully support school choice. I think that taxpayers should decide where they want to send their, their, uh, their children to school. Um, if it's really far away, then that's up to them to get their kids to school. Um, but I think encouraging the competition in the marketplace of our education system is going to benefit our schools. Um, if our schools start to lose students and some of the funding, not all of the funding, but some of the funding for those students, then our schools will be forced to focus more on academics and the things that parents think are important instead of focusing on things like equality and equity and all these things that you see plastered all over the Iowa City schools. However, we have some of the lowest scores in the state. We have some of the most, the worst scores and our students are, are not able to keep up with the competition in other states and in Iowa. So I think that's a problem and we need to put the focus on education and the competition will do that. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Weiner, same question. 
Iowa has a reputation for being for excellence in education. It's what has brought people to the state and had them stay. We don't have oceans and mountains, but we had we were number one in educa public education. It's the tide that lifts all boats. In my view, public dollars are for public schools. Full stop. Ninety-eight percent of 98% of Iowan kids go to public schools. There are many deserts in this state where there is no even, not even an option for a private school. Um, we need to support all levels of public education um, from, from universal pre-K through K through 12, uh, apprenticeships, community college, the Regents universities, so that we can again make this the flagship of our state and bring people here who come and then stay because the educational system is so outstanding. Thank you. Ms. Levin. As a public school teacher, I wasn't focused on uh, what was being allocated from the state budget. To be quite honest, I was focused on every single kid in my classroom, and I was focused on how I could make the resources I was provided stretch as far as possible. And the reality is that if we want to look at what we value, we should look at how we spend. Um, the funding for public schools in Iowa has gone down as our education system has degraded. It's not hard to see where those funds are lacking. And the truth is that when public schools are not adequately funded, they are not adequately staffed, which leads to safety concerns, which leads to difficulty meeting the needs of individual students, which leads to all kinds of difficulties. Funding our public schools with our public money is a public good. Funding private schools is a choice that individuals can make, but it's not the, the realm or the responsibility of our state government. Thank you. Next question, <clears throat> we'll start with Ms. Weiner on this one. Um, despite assurances from election and security officials otherwise, and the refusal of former President Trump's lawyers to allege fraud in a court of law, Many voters continue to believe that the last election, election was not conducted fairly. What are your views of how our elections are run? Do you share these concerns? And if not, how would you work against that narrative? I do not share those concerns. I have worked at the last several elections as, as a poll worker. Um, and I can tell you that the, that the security that's in place, the bipartisan teams, the teamwork that goes on at every single polling place and the, the, the need to put on seals and have everyone there for the counts makes it an incredibly secure system. We've had very, very few cases of voter fraud over, over many years. The re what I've seen actually is the Republican legislature rolling back our voting rights over the last few years, ever since 2017. In fact, in the middle of COVID, I went to speak to that, to that at, the, at the state legislature because it's, it's such a key issue. We need, to, we need to be out there talking to people, expanding voting rights, and giving everyone the right to vote because it's the fundamental bedrock of our society is the vote. Thank you. Ms. Levin. I completely agree with Janice. I also have been an elections official many times, and I have seen the efforts that go in both in preparation for elections and on the day, as well as afterwards, to ensure that vote counts are tallied accurately, that folks are um, in the right place, <laughs> especially when you have things that are complicating factors like redistricting. 
now throwing in additional hurdles to voting, like shorter times to return ballots, shorter times to register, things like that, are not helping with the right to vote. What they are doing is making it more difficult for Iowans to have their voice heard by the state, by the local, and by the federal government. It is absolutely imperative that we put our efforts behind ensuring that any actual founded fraud is addressed and that all accusations of fraud that are unfounded do not become impediments to voting. Thank you. Mr. Onken. I think that um, sounds like both of them have experience uh, watching the polls and such. And I, I don't know that this is a huge issue in Iowa. Um, and I think that's great. One less thing for us to worry about. Um, I do think it was a big problem in certain places, such as Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, North Carolina, Michigan, uh, and Wisconsin. I think that in those areas, uh, there was a lot of voter fraud. There was people who were dead casting votes. There was people not people's votes not being counted. There was people who were voting, voting multiple times. I think that you need to be able to have proof of some kind of a license, or uh, you have to have proof that you're a citizen, that you're a resident in the place that you vote. Um, I think voter registration serves that point, and I think that's a great thing. I don't think these are issues that are huge in Iowa, but I do think that we should uh, be wary and, and be careful as we move forward with votes. I think that we need to make sure that we're ensuring that people who are voting uh, can vote and that they vote one time. Thank you. Next question, we'll start with Ms. Levin. What are your thoughts about combining the Department of Human Services with the Department of Health? Oh, okay. Switching gears. Um, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, that was a little whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I can roll. Uh, so my thoughts, I would say, first of all, that I am neither an expert on the Department of Health or not, nor the Department of Human Services, and so I would not expect that my perspective is the most important one in making a decision such as that. Now, that being said, you've asked me, so I guess I will talk a little bit. Um, I think there is value to recognizing when services overlap and when we can streamline services to ensure that people are having their needs met in the best possible way and that they don't have to work so hard to go through so much bureaucratic red tape or to find the right agency for their particular concern. Um, that being said, I think we need to talk to the folks whose lives would be impacted most significantly before making a, a decision like that. Thank you. Mr. Onken? Whenever we can get rid of an agency, I think it's great because it'll save us all money. The, the government is... When they create something, they never get rid of it, even if we don't need it anymore. They're notorious for this, especially at the federal level. And I don't like my tax dollars being wasted, and I don't think any of us do. So if there's overlap, it should absolutely be looked at, audits should be done, and we should get rid of these agencies that are not serving the people. Um, now, that's not to say that they don't have a purpose, none of them have a purpose, nothing like that. I do think we need agencies, I do think that they have their own purpose, um, but it's like, to me, it seems like they just grow, and they grow, and they get more funding, and they get more funding, and they grow. And before you know it, you have an alphabet soup of different agencies, and you don't even know what they do. And then they're the ones that are making half the rules that we have to abide by as a population. And to me, that's unacceptable, because they're not directly accountable to the people. So 
we are represented by our representatives in Des Moines and our representatives in Washington, D.C. Uh, if they can get rid of some of these agencies to ensure that we are represented and that they're the ones making the rules and not agencies, I think that's a great thing. Thank you. Ms. Weiner? So I guess my concern would be to talk in particular to people who are dealing with child protective services um, and those who, and those who uh, work with the ombudsman for nursing homes. We've had really serious cases in both of those areas over the last few years. Children who literally died in foster homes because they were mistreated and not fed. We've seen in the press recently several cases of, of, of seniors in nursing homes who died because, there were, who, because they're either they were not properly cared for or their loved one lodged a complaint, a concern, and it was not dealt with for six months, and in that period, the person, the person died. So and I think that before we, we merged those, we should have taken a really hard look at why those cases are happening and what needs to, ha what needs to occur in order to safeguard our children and safeguard our elders. Thank you. Next question, we'll start with Mr. Onken. This question is, what, is, what plans do you have to clean Iowa waterways? This is certainly not an area of expertise for me, um, and I would have to do a lot of research before I was a participant in designing any kind of bill to do anything to clean Iowa waterways. Uh, I can say just from hearing things and having a general knowledge of some of our rivers and lakes, uh, they're not clean enough. Um, so maybe we can get rid of one of our other agencies that aren't doing anything or aren't doing things sufficiently, and we can add that funding to our Iowa Natural Resources Agency. But um, I think I read an article in the paper this last summer or something about uh, like brain-eating bacteria uh, in one of the lakes in Iowa, and some guy visiting from Nebraska, bless his soul, he was swimming and he got, he got attacked by this bacteria, and I, I don't know exactly what happened. I think he was fine, but it did cause issues, and he was in the hospital for a long time. So. Mississippi is a great example, too, of a river that was filthy, I think, back in the 70s. I think it's improved significantly, uh, but it should be cleaner. Uh, companies need to be liable for polluting the rivers and the lakes, and we need to hold them accountable. So. Thank you. Ms. Weiner. Back in 2010, there was a constitutional amendment on, uh, on the ballot to fund clean water, the I will. It passed by 63%. But the three-eighths three of a cent of sales tax has never been, been allocated to fund it. We need to fund it. The Leopold Center at Iowa State University is a premier institution that has the knowledge on how to clean up our water. We need to refund it as well so it can do its job. Um, they, we need to use buffer strips and prairie strips. Uh, and we need to figure out how to deal with the how to deal with the forever the forever chemicals in so many of the wells. The DNR is overstretched. We've seen that in in so much of, of what they have tried to do as well. Uh, and I think we probably also need to take a new look at the master matrix. Thank you, Ms. Levin. Ensuring that Iowans have clean waterways is not a one size fits all solution. Um, ad addressing lead in schools is gonna take different solutions than addressing P 
PETs and forever chemicals in our rivers and lakes and is going to take different strategies than the brain-eating amoeba that uh, Jacob referenced that terrified us all this past summer. Um, What I would say is that we're actually extraordinarily lucky in that we have researchers in Iowa working on solutions individualized to each of those problems. Um, I've been fortunate to hear from some of them this past year, and honestly, the primary thing they're talking about with me is IWELL, which is something I think the league has talked about in the past. In fact, I think I first learned about IWELL through a league presentation maybe five years ago um, when when they brought in some experts to talk about that program, and it's still never seen its funding. So the legislature, in part, is about allocating funds, we need to allocate funds specifically and dedicated to making sure that Iowans have a clean environment. Thank you. This next question is from Ms. Weiner. What has been your community involvement that best highlights your care and concern for the community? I've actually, I've been involved in a number of of ways. Uh, I have been, until I, until I was elected to city council, I was a board member of Shelter House for several years, which is a key um, nonprofit in our community. I serve free lunch regularly with the Democrats, uh, which is uh, a, a truly wonderful program that we have in Iowa City for anyone who wants a free lunch. I've been on the board of my, my synagogue, Aguda Sahim, for six years now. I'm currently the president of the congregation. We've been through COVID. We just really reopened for the high holy days. Um, and I've done fun things too. I play in the community band. Um, I used to sing with a group called the Hospice Singers that went around to various different nursing homes. So I'd like to think that um, I really have gotten to see a lot of different aspects of the community and serve it well. Thank you. Um, Ms. Levin. Um, I would say my most significant work has been with uh, the the South District Neighborhood Association, where I serve on the leadership committee. This is my neighborhood association, which works to educate, inform, and bring opportunities to the south side of of the the city, um, everything south of Highway 6, basically. now through that, I've had the opportunity to serve on the SMID board for our new South District SMID as a neighborhood resident member uh, and really encouraged the other side of things, which is the business development on that side of that town. It is incredibly stagnant and we are now have so much momentum moving forward. I've been uh, on the board of Iowa City Community Theater on and off since 2010, most recently serving as president and currently serving as past president. I have been a volunteer at University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. Uh, Incredibly fortunate to volunteer in the NICU since 2011. Um, I've also volunteered with the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society when I was living in California, uh, educating and doing um, financial education for sailors and Marines, young sailors and Marines. So I, I like to think that I spend a lot of my time helping my community, and this is sort of an extension of that. Thank you. Mr. Onken. Thanks. Um, so I think community service is incredibly important, um, and I think it gives all of us the opportunity to give back a little more. We take so much uh, for ourselves. Um, I, I grew up uh, 
in um, in Iowa, and I was able to um, get my Eagle Scout award, and that required me to do a, a community service project. Did a big blood drive, got a bunch of blood. Uh, you know, I, I went. Uh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and we. Uh, you know, we pay 10% of our tithe, uh, of our income to to tithing, and a lot of that money helps members in the area here in Iowa City. It helps them to live a better life and to get by at times and to uh, invest in themselves. Um, I'm also uh, a returned missionary. I was a missionary in Brazil for two years, and I know that didn't directly uh, benefit Iowa City, but it did teach me what things are important and what things I think that are good in a community and sometimes what things are not so good in the community, so. Thank you. We are ready for our closing statements. Um, just as a reminder, there will be two minutes for each of you to make a closing statement, and we will start with the House candidates. Um, Ms. Levin, your closing statement. Thank you so much, and thank you to the League, to City Channel 4, and to everyone who has worked together to put on this event. To me, things like this are absolutely vital because what is the purpose of our public education system, of events like this, of so many other things, if not to create educated citizens? Um, so what I would say here in closing is just that I really sincerely hope that everyone votes. We have a midterm election here. We all know what can happen there. And it is our responsibility as citizens to take part in the process, not only by voting ourselves, but by encouraging, maybe pushing our friends and family to vote as well. Now, this year, you cannot collect someone's mail-in ballot and return it for them unless you are a direct family member. But you, that doesn't mean you can't drive them to early voting or to uh, the drive-through at uh, the Health and Human Services building. Um, educating yourself on what's going to be on your ballot and taking the time to vote is the smallest thing we can do to ensure that our future looks the way we want it to. I'm Eleanor Levin. I'm hoping to have earned your vote in, if you live in District 89. I'm hoping that if you are still considering who to vote for, you will take the time to check out some of the other events coming up in the future, and that you will vote your entire ballot front and back, top to bottom. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mr. Onken. Thank you. So I also appreciate uh, the ability to come and speak freely uh, tonight and see the support of the community, and hopefully a lot of people at home are watching as well. Um, and I hope you know, you will consider as a voters uh, some of the important issues that are coming up in Iowa. It sounds like we have an important proposed amendment to the Second Amendment. I would urge each of us to uh, to vote uh, so that we can support our Second Amendment rights. It sounds like uh, we will be having the issue, the pro-life issue coming up in Iowa. Uh, there was a proposed amendment uh, that there will be no rights uh, to abortion and that taxpayer money will not uh, be funded for abortion. And that's a big issue, and that is coming up, and that will be voted on in the next legislative uh, assembly. And so I want to be a part of that, and I want to be able to vote for life and stand for life. And I want to um, show everybody that Iowa City has a lot of people that are concerned with these things. There's a lot of people concerned with the life issue. There's a lot of people concerned with the Second Amendment. There's a lot of people concerned with other things going on right now that seem to be commonplace, too. Um, Linmar just proposed. Uh, they just accepted in their school board uh, the ability for boys and girls to go into whatever locker room they identify with. And as someone with two little boys, 
uh, in a family, um, those types of things coming into our state and pretty close to our community, and if they're not here already, they will be soon. Those are concerning things. Uh, we need to be able to do the thing that is right. We need to stand for traditional family values. Those are the values that have brought us here as a society thus far. We need to stand for life. We need to stand for common sense. And um, we need to make sure that we're protecting the most vulnerable. Those are our children. Those are the unborn. Uh, we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to, to cultivate and hold on to uh, the things that we've enjoyed as a people uh, so that we can pass those things down. Uh, we need to take a step back and, and um, consider th those things as we're getting ready to vote. So I would just ask that each of you will do that as you go to the ballots on November 8th. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Um, for our next, uh, we'll all have the closing statement from uh, Janice Weiner, candidate for Senate District 45. Um, my thanks to the league as well for organizing this. It really is important that the voters have a chance to hear from the people who want, who seek office and seek to be their elected officials. Um, we didn't have a question on this tonight, but we now live in a post-Roe world. For the first time, half the population has had a fundamental constitutional right stripped. And while abortion remains legal in Iowa, it hangs by a thread. The legislature, as far as I know, doesn't have a medical degree. We know that our governor and leaders of the state Republican State House seek to ban it. Post Dobbs, this is up to the state, so I ask that you vote all the way down your ballot. It's also not hyperbole to say that democracy is on the ballot and that the right to a first-class public education is on the ballot. This election is about our rights and freedoms. It's the most consequential election of our lives, and we need every single one of you to vote. If you're not registered, register now. If you've moved, please, re please update your registration. Make a plan to vote now. Early voting starts in eight days on October 19th. Election day is November 8th, just four weeks from today. We have 28 days to volunteer, knock doors, make calls, and get out the vote. You can contact me at my website, JaniceWForIowa.com, on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm Janice Weiner, the Democratic nominee for Senate District 45. I believe in the common good. I will listen to you and be your voice, and I ask for your vote. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you to, excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you to all of our candidates, those of you in attendance, those watching at home, the Senior Center, and the staff of our local television station for making this video cast and live streaming possible. We would like to remind you that the views expressed in this forum are those of the candidates and that sponsorship of the forum is not an endorsement of any candidate. More, inf more information about voting and the candidates can be found at vote411.org. Remember to vote on or before November 8th. Good night.